It's your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Ooh. Hey Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 70. And we wow. are your booty full hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. That number 70 hits different when you say it, it out really loud like It really does. That. 70. That's a lot. It we, is. Every day for 70 days we've done this. 700 ghost stories. Seven holy shiitake mushrooms. And they say that, I think it's after, I think they say after doing something for 66 days, it becomes a habit. But I feel like recording uh, episodes daily has become a habit way before the 66 day mark. Absolutely. Um, I just like I just now know. I'm like, all right, get up, breakfast, recording, and then whatever comes after that comes. It's like, yeah. like I just know that no matter what happens during the day, I have to record these episodes. Same. But it's awesome Same. because we love reading these scary stories to you guys. Oh, this morning, uh, Mike had a paranormal experience. <gasps> I'm listening. Okay. So uh, today is actually. The uh, Loki's one year gotcha day. Oh, yay! Happy so, gotcha day, Loki! Yeah, so uh, we're gonna go to like the store and get him like a pup cake or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, they were outside on the patio, and Mike, I, I walked back to just see like that they were back there, and Mike just had this bewildered, confused look on his face, and he's like staring at the visitor's parking lot. And mm-hmm. I was like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? He was like, Rebecca, I just saw this guy walking past the black BMW that's right there. And I swore I saw a little kid next to him as he was passing like, as he was passing by the BMW. Like, you saw the kid's little head next to him, like, kind of like they were holding hands. Mm-hmm. But when the guy walked to the opposite side of the BMW, there was no kid there. And, like, the guy just, like, kept walking. Like, clearly he wasn't with a kid. Oh shit! And there's no one else out there. It's not like a kid hiding. Yeah, and I mean the look on his face. Like I've never seen Mike so like spooked before. (laughs) And he just was staring at this car and was like, "I saw a kid walking right next to him as if they were holding hands." And as soon as he passed the other side of the BMW, the kid wasn't there. So yeah, weird. Weird, wow. weird, weird. See, folks, spooky things happen to the best of us. They happen every day. Well, every day here at Just Cooly Things Podcast. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Mike is, I like, I think Mike is a believer, um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't he doesn't openly talk about stuff like that or the experience he, experiences he does have. I think he tries to shut them out because he gets freaked out by it. Like, the gotcha. unknown. Because his philosophy, from what we've talked about before, is that, he believes that believing in spirits and paranormal activity, he thinks that because of, like, believing in that, you have to also believe that there are demons in this world. And, like, he hates that concept. Like, that there's, gotcha. you know, like, he, that just freaks him out. So he tries to, like, block it out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but his mom, you know, they, like, he lost his little brother last year. And so the mom is starting to go to a lot of... Um, spiritual zoom meetings uh before then she's been trying to practice become a medium to try to connect with alex a little more yeah um, because she she goes to psychics and stuff like that on a pretty regular basis so she was telling me the other day when i came over that there's something called like 
a sole contract or a contract and it's pretty much um, the concept that we're all put on this earth and we sign a contract before we come here of kind of like some of us may come here we're here for a certain amount of years and either we come back again as something else or we're only here once and then you know we're on to like a different mission or like a different sort of thing which I thought the idea of like the concept of a contract I thought was interesting yeah. and I was like can if you can find more information about this to me like I would love to read up and then eventually talk about on the podcast because mm-hmm. I think that that would be really cool to talk about. So she texted me. I've never me, heard about that before. Yeah. So she texted me this book last night and goes, good book, Journey of Souls. It speaks on, it's called, so the book's called Journey of Souls and it speaks on the contracts. And so um, she found out from her Zoom call, it's like a healing parent sort of Zoom call where like grieving parents like all talk and stuff like that. And mm. they suggest like, you know, how to like spiritually like awaken and like connect with mm-hmm. their loved ones on the other side. So I ended up looking at the book that she talked about, and it's by Michael Newton. And if you look up Journey of Souls PDF, um, you can actually get the whole book online for free. Like I'm, oh like, wow! I have like, it's like 233 pages, and the beginning has the table of contents. So like you don't necessarily have to read the whole book. You can just go to um, whatever like section looks good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's like choosing a new body, life selection, the advanced soul, the intermediate soul, transitioning, um, placement, rebirth, this whole thing. So if you guys are interested in that, I mean, uh, you can get it for free as a PDF on your phone. If you just Google search Journey of Souls PDF, or if you want to, you know, support, support the author and like go, I, I'm assuming you can get on Amazon or something like that too, but I just yeah, happened to probably. see this and I was like, I'm impatient. I'm just going to read it here. So I'll let you guys know what I think about it. Um, But, yeah, in the meantime, you guys can look it up yourselves. Interesting. All right, Lily. Ready to talk about some scary encounters? Let's hop into the stories. So this first one is called Mid-Century House with a Nice Visitor. I've been living... Oh, sorry. I got, like, an air bubble in my throat. That was weird. I've been living in this mid-century house for 10 years. It's in a half-decent neighborhood. Neighbors don't bother us at all, usually. Almost all of the houses here were built from the mid-50s to the mid-70s, with some exceptions. Overall, it's not weird by any means. So this house has always given me strange vibes, but only in certain places, like the basement or sometimes in the bathroom. I always see things out of the corner of my eye or figures pass by doorways. It's happened on multiple occasions. I'll see dark figures past my door or downstairs in the hallway. These figures definitely spook me, and I'm sort of a skeptic myself, but something inexplainable happens pretty often that I still don't know the answer to. I go to take a shower once. I feel this hard tap on my shoulder. I whip around since I'm butt naked, thinking I forgot to lock the door or something, but I turn and there's nothing there. I go to bed. I feel somebody tap me on the back multiple times. Turn, and there's nobody there. I go into the basement. The dogs consistently bark at the back hallway. The cat is the only one who's not really afraid to go back in that hallway. The lights in the bathroom down there don't really work, so they flicker. I have to take showers down there sometimes since the upstairs is constantly being renovated. Because the lights don't work, I have to leave the door open. I've seen on more than one occasion figures pass my doorway and thought there was someone in the room with me. 
even though these things happen all the time, I'm still not used to them, really. It still startles me every time. The end. <sighs> okay, so the whole time you're reading that story, mm-hmm. I was getting chills, and I was like, what is going on? I feel like something's watching me. Like, I feel like there's, like, some energy behind me. I turn around, and there's a fucking bee. Literally <laughs> buzzing. But mind you, I'm in the basement. So I don't know how... Where'd it go? I swear to God, I saw a bee, and it was, like, right behind me. Okay. I am so sorry. I am getting so freaked out by this bee, because I don't know why it would be in the basement. Bees are fast, though. Like, if you open the door for, like, 0.1 seconds, it can get in there. Oh, my God. I hate this. Uh, see, I know, I've never been stung by a bee, so I don't know if I'm allergic. So, I, I mean, I'm not trying to test that theory out, especially during quarantine. True. So, I'm keeping an eye out. Keep an eye out for me, Lily. Watch my back. Okay. <laughs> Just and make I sure won't you, freak you out this time. Make sure it's not the fucking microphone this time. That really sent me when I thought I saw the microphone moving. I'm sorry. So back to the, sorry, back to the story. Back to your story that you were talking about. So do you think that this spirit has like a message that they're trying to send that's an, like an intelligent spirit? Or do you think this is more residual? I could see it being an intelligent spirit trying to get the author's attention. You know, tapping on the shoulder, pacing back and forth, trying to be like, hey, you know, like something's either something's about to happen or so-and-so from the other side wants to say hi or, you know, you left the oven on. So you think it could be something that they're like they're trying to warn something some this person about or it could be. Huh. It'd be interesting to see. Is this something that was just posted? Yeah. So it would be interesting to see if they follow up and say, oh, like in the past week this happened. After mm-hmm. I got the tapping on my shoulder. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting story to start off with. Okay. My next... I swear I felt something on my foot. Okay. This is going to be a very paranoid podcast episode. Okay. My next one is called Weird Voice. Our house is about 136 years old, and some weird crap keeps happening from time to time. When we first moved in, there would be a shadow figure at the top of the stairs. If I got close to it, it would dart off into the windows, peek, and stay there. It looked like a void in the darkness. During the daytime, there would be audible footsteps upstairs, and sometimes we would hear the front door close, even though it was locked. I've also felt something pass through me a couple of times. We had our family house blessed, and it all stopped for a while, and then it started happening again. One time, my brother and I were on the PS4, and his phone went off and played a part from a song called Nervero, The Ghost, and it said, I can see you from behind, and then it cut off. He can't access his phone at night because of its parental controls. It won't even play notification sounds or ringtones. A couple of nights after that, I was playing on the PS4, and I heard what sounded like someone clearing their throat, followed by a hello in a very clear hello. man's voice right behind me. I'm scared, but I've learned that if I ignore it, it won't bother me at all. Does anyone have any idea what's going on? Sorry if I don't reply. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So let's break this down real quick. So um, there's audible footsteps that are heard. So mm-hmm. it could be a residual haunting, could just be an intelligent haunting, just roaming the house. Yeah. Um, the feeling of being touched passed through. So this being could just be a res- like it could be a residual, or 
I don't think that there's just one spirit there. Let's say that. Because there yeah. could be a residual haunting that they're passing through them because they're just doing their normal routine and the person just happens to be in their way. Mm-hmm. But then it seems like there's a spirit there that's trying to send a message. I can see you from behind. And the hello. And the hello, yeah. Clearly a man is trying to communicate with these children. We don't know why. But it's weird. It doesn't seem like a bad spirit, though, really. None of them seem, like, mean. They're just trying to communicate. Because, and, and the person said, even if I, when, when I ignore it, it doesn't bother them. Yeah. So, it's so definitely just, keep on ignoring that thing. Yeah, just don't feed <laughs> into the energy, for sure. Okay. Wow. So imagine having two spirits in your house, one of, like, each of the main kinds. Uh-huh. That that luck, well, not I guess not luck, but that the odds of that are like slim. So imagine being that exception. Well, that think, must feel so cool. This house is over 136 years old. To think that there's no type of energy lingering, even if it's on the property, not even the physical house, is kind of it would be a little bizarre. I would think true for there not to be activity. True, yeah, that kind of comes with the territory of living in a 136 year old house. <laughs> Exactly. All right, Lily, what's your next story? All right. This one is called It Wasn't My Grandmother. I live in a small one-story home in the country surrounded by acres of pasture and woodland. Although we have neighbors, we aren't close with them, and we hardly have visitors of any kind. To say I haven't experienced anything odd or interesting during my time living here would be a lie. I could write a book with the amount of stories I have involving bizarre creatures I've seen roaming the grassy fields around the pond behind our house late at night. I've been sensitive to the paranormal ever since I was a baby, and the experiences run in my family on my mother's side. With this being said, I scare easily. I am a huge baby when it comes to anything out of the ordinary, so I've had to teach myself how to kind of turn it on and off, so to speak. This particular story, however, takes place long before I learned how to do it. Around 10 years ago, my grandmother who lived with us passed away. I was very close to her, so I took the hit hard. Around this time, the paranormal activity in my household began to ramp up. Toys would turn on and off without anyone or anything near them. We would occasionally feel something tap on our shoulders, and my brother who moved into her old room a few months later even distinctly remembers a warm breath on the back of his neck when he was alone in the house. We were all rather calm about it, as we believed it was my grandmother hanging around to help ease us into the transition of life without her. I never felt scared or in danger. That is, until one night. Dun, dun, dun. I'm a very light sleeper. I inherited that from my mom as well. The slightest sound of the air conditioner turning on at night, and I was always wide awake. This time, however, I awoke to the sound of the floor creaking outside my room. The way my house is laid out, my room, my aunt's room, and my brother's, formerly my grandmother's room, are all at the far end of the house. One has to walk entire the entirety of the house from my room through the dining room, kitchen, and living room to get to my parents' bedroom at the opposite end of the house. I looked at the clock and realized it was a little past midnight. No one would be awake at this time. The creaking wasn't uncommon, however. We had a few weak spots in the dining room and the kitchen that would creak occasionally, even if no one was stepping there. Just as I was about to fall asleep again, I heard a second creak further into the dining room. 
Again, odd, but not entirely unbelievable. It wasn't until the third creak came just outside the kitchen that I realized it sounded like very slow footsteps, deliberately stepping on every weak place in the floor. I sat up to listen closer. As I did so, I heard three more very distinct creaks coming back to the door of my room. They stopped directly outside my door, then began to pace back in the direction of the kitchen once again. I listened to this repetition for 15 minutes or so, memorizing each of the steps until I was able to predict when and where the next one would sound. It was so bizarre, but even my little 10-year-old brain tried to reason that it was just the house settling or an issue with the air conditioning or something like that. But I said earlier, I scared easily, especially in the dark of night. So I quietly slid out of my bed and was planning to make a run for my parents' room. The only problem was that I had to run through the kitchen in order to get there, where the creaking was currently coming from. I steeled my nerves and opened my bedroom door, quietly stepping into the rest of the house. The lights were off, but there was no one in the dining room. Just as I was about to start my wild run to my parents' room, I realized the next predicted step didn't come. Instead, I became aware of a much more terrifying sound running (laughs) something was running at me from the kitchen through the dining room there was no one there but i could hear it so distinctly i panicked and ran back to my room the footsteps right behind me i jumped into bed and covered myself with the blanket and the fast footsteps came all the way into my room and right to my bedside where they stopped and they stopped and i didn't hear them again the rest of the night or the following night in fact to this day It's the only night anything in my house ever made that kind of sound, and I still have no explanation for it. All I know is whatever chased me through my home that night, it wasn't the spirit of my kind grandmother. The end. (laughs) That is so fucked up. I have goosebumps reading this. Literally the definition of run. No, 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 no. I was picturing that scene from Get Out where the guy starts running. Yeah. Is charging at him. That was such a good movie. Oh my god! But no, what the hell? The fact that just trying to pace out the steps of okay, this is where they're gonna go next. All right, this, this. Wait, they didn't step where they were supposed to, and then it's fucking running. It's running. That's definitely no grandma. Nope. No grandma there, sir. Ugh. Okay. My next story is titled. Um, we'll do, yeah, we'll do this one. She followed me for years. So I guess this person had, I, uh, had written a post previously. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is their second post, according to their introduction. The little dead girl did follow me through my entire childhood. The whole experience was something that united my households because we all experienced paranormal things that we all attributed to her. I guess I'll start from the beginning. The story is something that happened to me, my mom, and dad. I cannot verify the story because I was three weeks old. I was a baby baby. However, the story, as unusual as it's going to sound, is the foundation for the rest of my life. It is something I live with, and even though I don't want to believe in it anymore, sometimes I still wake up horrified because I continue to feel the presence of someone slash something. So, summer of June 1987 in Mexico City, my mom and dad were very young when they had me, both of them under around 17 years old. During these times, kids would walk around the neighborhood with a boombox operated by giant batteries. This will come into play soon. 
And on this night that this happened, I was sleeping in the bed with my parents. At the time, they lived in my dad's house. My grandma and grandpa also lived there. My mom woke up to the most disgusting smell. She describes it as a rotting smell that she has never smelt before. Within those three seconds, from deep sleep to waking up due to the smell, she felt the sense of fear wash over her. She then mustered the courage to whisper to my dad if he was up. He replied with a shaky voice that he was. All of a sudden, I started crying. The way I cried, according to my mom, was as, as if I was being hurt. She claims I was crying as loud as I could, and she had never heard me cry like that. I was her only child at the time. My dad quickly said, what's wrong with the baby? And when she went to grab me because I was laying in between them, I was not there. <gasps> she went to turn the light on, which, he, which had a light switch at arm's length by the nightstand, and the lights were out. My dad was panicking, asking where the baby was and what that awful smell was. Meanwhile, I'm still screeching. The whole ordeal lasted under two minutes, ended up, uh, ended when my mom turned on the boombox on the nightstand. It was powered by batteries, and the button started to flicker on. At that same moment, the door to their room was open, the lights came back on, and my grandfather, my dad on my dad's side, ran in yelling, Leave him alone, you son of a bitch! Get the fuck out of here, and don't you ever come back! He was pouring what looked like water from a glass at the wall their headrest was pushed on. Now that the lights were on, my mom could see that I was indeed where she looked for me in the first place. Whoever visited me that night, I came in close contact with because in both of my clenched fists, you know how babies always make a fist, I had long black hairs. <gasps> my mom is a brunette, and she had shoulder-length hair. The length and color did not match hers. Trust me, I've asked so many times. My mom and dad were petrified at what had just happened, and they looked to my grandfather who carried me. He looked over at my parents and said, I told you they would try to come take him. Don't worry, they failed and they won't be back. We need to get him, me, to the temple to meet the rest of us first thing in the morning. The Holy end. shit. The That's some Harry Potter shit right there. And like what? The the hair is in the baby's fists? No. No. Yeah, no ma'am. No. no thank you. That is, I want to, I want to know more. Like, I need to know the follow-up. Did they go to the temple? Like, what happened once they went to the temple? Like, what, what, what's the significance of the boombox? Like, what, I just, I don't know. That's spooky kazooki. If we I haven't were that, said that yet this episode, so I figured I'd throw it in. If I were that child, and I was, and I was told this information, I don't, I, I, I completely understand why this person feels like they're always being watched. Because at that age... Being taken by some sort of evil entity, I would always feel like there's always someone after me at that point. Like, they weren't able to complete their mission the first time. They're going to try to complete their mission for the rest of your life. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's my story. (laughs) Just a casual baby getting taken by a potential demon or something. Just demon things. Just demon things. Okay. Okay. This story is called The Man in the White Suit. I've briefly talked about him in the past on this thread, but I'll give a little backstory on him as I've come to terms that soon enough he will be able to touch me. So when I was a child, The Man in the White Suit made his first appearance during a choir rehearsal at a local library. He's a black man in his 50s with a fully white suit and top hat. He does nothing but stare at me and give the most stomach-churning grin on his face. He started at around, I would say, 30 feet away, and every time I see him, he gets closer and closer. This most recent encounter 
he was less than five feet away and right now his right arm is beginning to raise it has normally been in his pocket and i hear the most piercing high-pitched noise i have ever heard from him i used to think he just showed up when i was at my happiest choir solo work promotion wedding etc but i have come to realize that this isn't the case it's my most nervous state that he shows up yesterday he showed up when i accidentally broke my family heirloom a vase my grandpa handmade there's nothing i can do when i see when I see as my body is in a deep trance-like state and I feel my energy being sucked out. I can't even scream out for help. And yesterday I slept for 14 hours straight after my encounter. I don't know what he is, but I know for sure he's here for malice. If anyone has any similar encounters, please share or have any recommendations to rid him. Please help. The end. So does this spirit, I don't know if I heard correctly, does this spirit come after something bad happens or does it or is it there's signs of it before and then something bad happens? I think it's when the bad thing happens he's there watching it. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's the spirit is actually the reason why the bad thing happens, but it doesn't make itself known until after. Like its presence is still there and makes the bad thing happen, but then but then when your like emotions are heightened and you're freaking out, that's where it feeds more on your emotion and then makes itself known. True. I mean, it says here um, that they thought, whoever wrote this, thought that he showed up when um, they're at their happiest, but actually when they're at their most nervous. So maybe it feeds off of those nerves. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Definitely. Oof. But that's scary. That sounds like a creepypasta. That sounds like a Slenderman type thing, right? Like, yeah. is it just me? No, no, for sure. It's definitely not something humanoid. Like, it's definitely not something human. Yeah. That's a good thing. Like a yeah. past... Definitely not a past loved grandma at all. Oh, absolutely that's not. That's definitely not a grandma. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll do this one. Ghosts follow my boyfriend and I everywhere we go. I've been dating my boyfriend for around two years now, and we've been in many different living situations. When we had been dating for around five months, he started telling me about his old house and experiences with ghosts slash apparitions he's had in the past. His father killed himself when he was young, and he used to feel slash hear him around the house all the time. He wasn't a great guy, so he would get some alarming scares. He would pull my boyfriend's hair like he would do when he was little, pull him off the bed, and repeat other things he would do when he was alive. Feeling a chill near the door around this time when he used to come home from work, having the lights flicker, hearing a distinct, hey kid, next to him. But the story didn't stop at his father. My boyfriend used to see the shadow person, Hat Man, every time he would take out the garbage. Two of them, either end of the street, each tall with red eyes, hovering above the concrete. Large bolo hat, suit, and everything. Online, I've read most people can't see their eyes, but he could. It made sense that he could see them in the neighborhood because apparently they tend to linger around places with great conflict and anguish. That neighborhood seems to have a high rate of accidental deaths, suicides, and asshole wackos. (laughs) One time at night, one of the hat men even ran at him full speed, proving to him that it wasn't just a trick of the eye. I don't know how he didn't just sprint the hell out of there, but he stood his ground and the thing stopped halfway to him and just stood there. Apparently after that, the hat man had a visible smile every time he would see them. Makes sense though. Apparently they feed off of fear. There were a few more of crazy ghost stories, but the one that puzzled me the most was a story about some kind of cryptid or alien. One night last year, his dog started barking at the screen window. 
When he walked over, these huge furry giants were staring at him on the other side. They had four legs and a long folded neck. The limbs and neck had no skin, and they could seem seemingly they could seemingly stretch like a turtle's neck or something. They had bald heads and big piercing blue eyes, but they made no noise while walking, even through the leaves. One of them just stared at him through the screen until they heard a noise and ran off. I looked it up, and apparently there were a lot of UFO sightings around his area at this time. So, what the fuck? My boyfriend is an amazing artist, and he drew his experience for me. Crazy looking. He's also drawn the ghosts he's seen and some wild, scary dreams he's had. One in particular about spirits crawling out of our art unless we stared at them without blinking and having to strangle them while we were in their, while we felt their pain. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the, how crazy is that in a dream that... You have to stare at your art without blinking. And then if they do get out of your artwork, you have to strangle them and feel their pain while you're strangling them. Like, that just sounds That's fucking torturous. Dramatic. Oh, hell yeah. So here's the thing. I've always believed him about this stuff, but be- because I knew he wouldn't lie. He's one of those guys I see that full honesty in. But he always told me he had a fear of these things following him. And recently, I've started seeing shit. In our old apartment, we saw several shadow people moving around our apartment. Even our other roommates saw them. One tall black spirit who moves about our hallway and our living room. And two white shadows moving around the hallway outside. I've had witness to this. I have witnesses to this. So I know I'm not crazy. And lastly, three orbs. Two white ones and a black one. Both of us and our roommate have seen them. So we moved to my old house. Here's the thing about my old room. I used to see visions before I went to sleep as a kid. And a black swaying mass in, the, in my corner. Always blew it off as a kid's imagination. But recently, even when my boyfriend's not home, I felt a real presence in there. Something that cannot be explained. I fear for my life. Lights flickering, posters falling off my wall, my phone inexplicably calling 911. Every time I try to close my eyes, I feel like I'm falling down an endless hole and I feel this crazy weight on my chest. But since my boyfriend's been living with me, I've been seeing things and so has he. When we moved, I thought we would leave it behind, but I've seen all the same orbs, glowing orbs that move around my room, and I've seen moving shadows. And recently, my boyfriend had a dream about my dead aunt that I'd never mentioned before. She died when I was seven, saying that she's been tormented by a monster in my room and that she's trapped there. A black horned monster. What do I do? This is all too crazy and too fucking real. I know this all sounds fake, but I swear to God, this is all real. I promise you I'm not making any of this up. I know this sounds crazy, but this is all true. My boyfriend knows that this all sounds fucking fake as well. That's why he's never really told anyone about this but me. But now it's affecting me too. What do I do to get these spirits out of here? And are they attracted to my boyfriend? What the fuck are those cryptids? Please give me some advice. Have you ever had similar experiences? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It, se- it sounds like a demon latching onto not only the boyfriend, but off of the girlfriend, too. I was about to say, it seems like there's something connected to the boyfriend. Yeah, because it seems like she's not, she hasn't really experienced these things until he came into the pitch and they were living together. And Yeah. Now like she's living in her old home, which may have already maybe had a dark spirit, but mm-hmm. didn't have someone to latch onto. Until now. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Or this dark spirit was attached to the boyfriend when they moved into the old house. The aunt who was already there in spirit, who just didn't bother anybody, was being attacked by the dark spirit that the boyfriend brought in. Oh, shit. Yeah. Great way to go, boyfriend. Seriously, you had one job. 
<laughs> but I would say sage, salt, prayers, prayers to whatever you, you practice. Just, yeah. Or get the fuck out of there. Or just dump the boyfriend at that point, because Jesus, that's a lot throw to handle. Throw the whole boyfriend away. <laughs> throw the whole boyfriend away. It's fine. There's plenty of fish in the sea. True. All right. What's your uh, next story? All right. Well, let me settle in for this one. And this one is called Pulsating Light Orbs on the Mountains. I am very new to Reddit, so bear with me, please. English isn't my first language either. A year ago, I went for hiking and camping on the mountains, the Himalayas, with a group of people. It had rained the previous night, so we couldn't light a fire. The woods were wet. It was a full moon, so we didn't have any serious problems. Around 11 p.m., we were sitting at the edge of our camping site on the top of the hill, looking down below at the clouds in the city, just observing the stars. There were six of us. Three were drunk and high, and the other <laughs> three of us didn't drink or get high. All of a sudden, we see a glowing white light at the adjoining hill, then another and another. It seemed to be pulsating and also moving towards the right, towards our mountain. Our first thought was that it must be a car or a man holding a flashlight. Plus, it had no light ray coming out. But we could make out that the hill was a steep one, had, land, had a landslide, and snow was accumulated on that part since the snow glowed in the moonlight. Still... The two orbs kept moving towards our side, all the while pulsating. It didn't appear to be flying, just floating. We ruled out walking because it would take a lot more time than 10 to 15 minutes to cross that distance. And soon, it reached our hill on the far side. Now, by this time, we're very spooked. The other three drunk ones had left for their tents a few minutes back. We had never seen anything like this before, so our first thought was that it's an animal or something. So the three of us ran back to the tents and just hid and eventually slept. The next morning, we looked at that mountain, and there are no roads or houses there. It's a pretty bare hill with a few trees, snow, and landslide. I still think about those lights every other day. I don't know if it's a paranormal being or a preternatural being. It could have been a nocturnal floating animal or something I don't know but really it's unexplainable to me has anyone else experienced these lights the end it definitely seems like some sort of spiritual energy mm -hmm. I, that seems like the most reasonable um, explanation that I get yeah I see that too because I, I don't I mean I don't I don't think it could be like a firefly I feel like you would definitely know the difference yeah, Between I don't that. even know. Do the Himalayas even have fireflies? I, I beat the shit out of me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that area has so much history and probably mm -hmm. so many spirits and different, and just, I mean, like, I, I just so much history that I can't imagine that there's not, so, like, so much built-up energy there that mm -hmm. exerts itself in balls of light. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely think it's some kind of trapped energy there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. All right. So um, this person's story is titled, Do I Have a Haunted Picture? A couple years ago, I bought an Audrey Hepburn print at a yard sale for a couple bucks. Right after Christmas this year, me and my friend got a little tipsy and decided to paint it. Looked pretty cool, but when we woke up in the morning, I noticed her facial expression had changed. 
What? <laughs> Convinced myself it was the hangover and went on with my day. Since then, this has kept happening. Her head might change direction or she may smile or frown. At one point, her hand slash arm moved entirely. In the part of my room where the picture is, weird things happen. My cat won't go in that corner at all, which was weird because before this started, she had a bed and scratching board there. The picture hangs above a power outlet, which suddenly stopped working around the same time. I'm not sure what to think of it. I live in a Victorian era house, but I've never had weird or unexplainable things happen before this. What is going on? What should I do? Yeah, sweetie, you have a haunted picture. Yeah, and so as an update, she just ordered a camera online to set up to watch the picture. So they're going to keep us updated to know if something shows up on the uh, camera. Ooh, I like that. I don't... A little investigation going. Yeah, but I just... For a couple bucks for that picture, I would be chucking that. True. But I think it was also, to be fair, whatever spirit has attacked this picture probably felt disrespected because they painted over the original picture. Like, they were, like, changing it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe this was kind of... Like, because you know, like, artists, they don't ever like when you touch their art or, like, you try to change things because that's, like, their vision. Mm -hmm. So maybe whoever has attached to this to this print is like I don't like what you're doing with this I wanted it to be a certain way you bought it this way or maybe there's a reason why it was being sold in the first place yeah true that's what I was wondering was were they getting rid of it because maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't even Audrey Hepburn when they bought it maybe it was Marilyn Monroe oh my god (laughs) (laughs) if that happened oh that belongs in Zach Bacon's museum faux show yes faux show all right, Lily, what is your last story? Okay. My last story is called Pretty Sure I Spent a Month in a Haunted Apartment. I had pretty much just put all of this out of my mind, but since it happened over a year ago this month, okay. Oh, there's no over. I imagine that word there. Since <laughs> it happened a year ago this month, I guess it's coming up in my mind again. Mandela last- <laughs> I'm so tired all the time because of quarantine. I'm imagining words now. Okay. I guess it's coming up in my mind again. Last summer, I was set to move into a brand new apartment with two friends. However, due to some construction delays, our apartment was not ready on time. So the landlord offered to put us up in another building for a month until everything was finished. That is, that is how I wound up staying in this god-awful place. When I first toured through the apartment, I found it a little creepy, but since my roommate thought it was fine, I shrugged my feelings off as the result of the harsh fluorescent lighting and the fact that we visited on a rainy evening. However, this feeling did not go away. Every moment I spent in that apartment, I could not escape the feeling of being watched. This uncomfortable feeling increased whenever I was alone, which was often due due to the fact that both my roommates were working full-time while I was still waiting for my internship to start. Lots of weird shit seemed to happen only when I was alone. Since we were only staying a month, we never bothered to really unpack. By myself, I could hear things constantly shift and loudly rustle in the boxes for the full month I was there. Things would bang in the cabinets, fall off tables, and this would all stop as soon as my roommates returned. At one point, our recycling began rustling and banging so loudly I was convinced there must be a mouse in it, but upon finally dumping it out onto the floor, there was nothing there. 
At some times, I would become so overwhelmed by the constant and increasing noises that I would simply leave the apartment and sit on the front stoop. The worst moment came when I was getting ready to go out and heard something knock clearly and loudly three times on my dresser. I left immediately. Up until that point, I had kept my feelings to myself, not wanting to disturb my roommates unnecessarily. However, that night, I texted my very skeptical mom friend roommate to ask if she'd heard anything weird in that apartment, to which she responded, yes, it's the only time I've ever thought maybe there's a ghost. After that, I stayed with my boyfriend for the remainder of the month and returned only a few days to get fresh only every few days to get fresh clothes, leaving as quickly as possible. I know this all sounds rather tame compared to the things posted on this subreddit, but I truly never experienced the kind of dread I felt every time I entered that apartment. I have lived in 11 different houses and apartments and never once felt uncomfortable on my own. It is a terrible thing to feel afraid in your own home or like your sanity may be slipping away from you. I honestly pray I never wind up stuck somewhere like that again. The end. Wow. I mean, you have to think of it as if you're if you're going to put yourself in this person's shoes, think about it. The world is just so fucked up, right? You know, we deal with so well, you know, when we were able to go out a lot, we dealt with so many idiots all the time, walking around, trapped, this and that. Mm-hmm. You want to go home and be able to relax and be able to get away from the world to go to sleep and rest easily and reset yourself and recharge and just be happy yeah you can't even do that in, a, in in this in your home because you always feel like you're being watched or you know these weird experiences are happening to you you don't feel safe like that's that's horrible yeah that's pretty it's it's equal parts scary and frustrating because mm-hmm. you just want to be able to be home and relax exactly exactly and you can't even do that because this thing just is not leaving you alone. Yeah. That must be really frustrating and irritating. Hopefully that those experiences are behind this person and they are more at peace, especially during the quarantine. Oh yeah. True. And, uh, just, you know, somewhat back to normal, how things are supposed to be. I sure hope so. All right. My last story is titled the bang, the loud bang. I'm sorry. The loud bang. (laughs) Here is a true ghost story. Ten months ago, my friends and I went ghost hunting at an alleged haunted hotel. We were hoping to get a few good stuff on camera and a digital recorder. Little did we know we would get much more. We decided to do an EVP, which is an electronic voice phenomenon session, in a room belonging to a prostitute named Sarah that lived there in the early 1900s. Nothing extraordinary happened there. We got a few faint voices on a digital recorder, but it could have been just nothing but white noise. We were getting bored when suddenly I received a phone call from my wife back at home. She claimed to have heard loud banging on our window outside of our bedroom. At the time, I truly believed that the entity entity we were trying to contact with was responsible for this. By some supernatural force, the spirit of the prostitute traveled all the way to my house and pounded on my window. I recorded this entire event on camera. Months later, I returned to my rational thinking, believing it was just sheer coincidence and it was probably some bird that ran into my window. However, just last night while searching YouTube, I came across a channel belonging to a paranormal group from Chicago. Years before my experience there, they did a paranormal investigation at the same haunted hotel. While in the same room belonging to the prostitute, they claimed to hear loud banging on the window. This has to be more than just a coincidence. I truly think I came into contact with an intelligent spirit there that can manifest as a bird or something that is capable of pounding on windows. 
If you want to witness for yourself my experience with all this, watch this video I put together. Please let me know your thoughts. Thanks. And um, yeah, if you guys want to go on YouTube, all you have to do is search. Let me just pull up the title real quick. Um, but like I said, this person put their experience out on YouTube, which I think is such a cool thing to do is like put yeah. your paranormal investigations on YouTube for other people to watch. Mm -hmm. like, I think I it's think really that, thoughtful. That's so smart. Like, that's just yeah. so smart. Um, and it's titled, and this is <laughs> so loud. Oh, my God. How you doing, YouTube? Sorry, guys. That was so loud. But it's <laughs> called, uh, their group is called Hoosier Ghost Crew. Uh, it's spelled H-O-O-S-I-E-R. Ghost Crew is spelled K-R-E-W. And the specific video is titled, Something Hit the Window Experienced Multiple Times and My Analysis. Uh, and this was posted May 20th, 2020. Has a couple hundred views. So definitely check it out. Support them. Um, a lot of ghost investigator crews, they don't, they don't make a lot of money, if at all. So any support yeah. helps. Uh, especially because they're doing the research that some of us can't do on our own. So uh, definitely support them. Give them a follow. Subscribe. Uh, and check out their videos. All right. So, Lily, do you have anything to say before we wrap up? Um, I'd much rather have a ghost tap on my window than a bird fly into my window. A ghost tap than a <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Because a bird flew into my window once and there's still bird guts on it. No way. Yeah. You just did not want to touch it. You just were like, you know what? Well, it's it, it's the window doesn't really open, oh. so it's hard to clean it. So I'm just waiting for like a really bad rainstorm to come and just kind of wash the guts off. It's giving you a message. The birds are leaving you a oh message. God. They're saying, "Watch, watch what we do to our own kind. Imagine what we can do to you." <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's guys. So fucked up. <laughs> Well, while Lily's being traumatized, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Ghoulie Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, Episode 70. We hope you enjoyed these spooky, kooky, ooky stories. And we are going to now list off all of our social medias that you can follow us on. All right, ready, Lily? Ready. Follow us on Instagram at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Bully Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Bully Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Bully Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at justbullythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.